0: Welcome to the Fearfully and Wonderfully Me podcast, a podcast designed to help you increase your influence, develop your leadership, and maximize your results. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode on Keystone Habits in the Mental Dimension of Life. You know last episode we talked about keystone habits in the physical dimension and really you know how i'm a firm believer that uh the one of the key key keystone habits the foundational keystone habits is is exercise and growing ourselves in the physical dimension often really starts with healthy choices and healthy exercise habits and that sort of thing And, you know, it's interesting because there are four dimensions of life, right? There's the physical dimension, which is our body, our environment. There is the mental dimension, which is our head space. There's the spiritual dimension, which is our heart space, right? Our our spiritual life and where our values are formed. And the relational dimension, which deals with relationships and interactions with other people, the social dimension, if you will. And I've touched on this before, but really the choices that we make And the first three dimensions are determining our influence in that last dimension, the social dimension. So when you think about it, the choices that we make and the habits that we form in our physical dimension, mental dimension, and spiritual dimension are directly determining our influence in the relational dimension. So when you think about that, that means if you want to increase your influence in one specific area with a specific person or maybe in just a specific area of your life, like your career, it starts with the habits and the choices that you're making in those first three dimensions. The problem is that we don't always think about it like that, right? We think of, hey, I want to increase my influence in my career. Maybe I'll go to college and get a degree. And And absolutely, that can help increase your influence in some, in some ways, in some career paths. Um, If you are pursuing a career that you need a college degree, then you need to go get a college degree, right? That's going to be something that's going to help increase your influence. If You want to be a heart surgeon, you got to go to medical school. Not, that's not the college is not the only place to get an education, of course, but, but if you are seeking a career path that really needs a competency or a certification or college degree, then absolutely you have to get that. But most of us focus on that competency piece if we want to get ahead in our career, for example, and we forget about the character side right and uh, research shows us that 87 to 90% of our success in life. And our influence with other people is determined by our character. That's how we do what we do, not what we do. What we do is our competencies, our skills, our technical knowledge, our ability, the college degree, that's that's a competency. But a character is how we do it. And the vast, 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 vast majority of our success in life and our influence with other people is how we do what we do. Now, you need competencies. Absolutely. If you're an entrepreneur, you got to be competent in the business that you're running. Absolutely. Uh, to get results. But don't forget about how you interact with your customers is determining those relationships. And that's determining if you have long-term customers who keep coming back or refer you to other customers. It's how you do what you do right that's determining our influence that's determining if we get promoted at work and those opportunities that's determining career advancements that's determining our business if we are an entrepreneur so. Thinking about that and all of those different aspects is important because we don't often think about it, right? A lot of times we think, if I want to get ahead professionally, let me go get a certification. Now, there's nothing wrong with certifications. What I'm saying is, if you were to write down right now, if you were to write down the amount of time and the amount of money that you have spent over the course of your life developing your competencies, and then on the other side of the page, write down the amount of time and the amount of money that you've spent developing your character. What would those percentages look like? Because if you if you were to write those down in two columns on a sheet of paper, and then think about that in, in proportion to 90% of success and influence is determined by character. So knowing that we want to spend the majority of our time and our energy and our money developing ourselves in character. Competency is absolutely important, but it's character that multiplies competency or divides it, right? If you have poor character, then your character is dividing your competencies right if you are, are very good in your job technically but you don't have the ability to build relationships and get along with people that competency is just going to decrease in value because it's being divided by the fact that you have poor character and vice versa if you have competencies in what you do and you have great character and relationships with people and ability to build those relationships and add value to others then your competency is going to be multiplied your character. So last week all was all about how to grow in the keystone habits in the physical dimension of life. Today's episode is really considering what we just talked about in terms of character and competency, how do we develop ourselves? How do we grow? What's the keystone habit for the, the mental dimension of life, right? The, the emotional dimension where our headspace is. It's Sir Edmund Hillary who said, it's not the mountains that I conquer, but myself. And oh, that is so true because we all know of things that we could do that we haven't done, should do that we haven't done. And we all know of things that we shouldn't do that we do anyway, right? It's not the mountain that we have to climb. It's, it's conquering ourselves. It's the biggest challenge. The mountain might be there, but it's mustering up our internal character and development and discipline to carry out the things that we know will move us forward, but they're not necessarily fun. They're rewarding, but they're not necessarily fun. Just like I talked about last time, exercise is mostly not fun, right? It's just, it's a lot of work and who likes to do a lot of work and get out of breath and tired and hot and sweaty, Like right? that's That's, it's pushing you outside of your comfort zone physically, that's not fun. We enjoy the rewards and we reap the benefits, absolutely. The mental dimension is is really no different. To grow and develop ourselves and to form those keystone habits in the mental dimension, we've got to get outside our comfort zone mentally. And I think that the number one keystone habit, I don't, it's not just my opinion. Well, it is my opinion, but I think it's validated probably any very successful person that you ask would validate this for you, particularly in the leadership space, right? In the influence space. I think the foundational keystone habit to help us develop other great habits in the, in the mental and emotional place is reading. Now, maybe you're not a book person, and that's okay. You don't actually have to physically read a book, right? You see, I'm, I'm a big fan of physical books. Um, particularly in personal growth and leadership, because I love to make notes in the margins and highlight quotes and statistics and fold the pages down. I'm reading, um, I'm reading a book right now called The Carrot Principle, and you can see, like I'm about halfway through the book, and about every other page has got a note on it or a page dog-eared or something like that. So, you know, when you think about that, I mean, all of the books that we have, the physical books, um, can be really resources for that. And I'm a big fan of that. But maybe you're not a book person. And that's okay. Maybe you're an audiobook person. That's absolutely fine. If you're an audiobook person or an ebook person, that's fine too. But when I say reading, it could be audio, it could be ebook, um, it could be a physical book. But I think the keystone habit here is reading or listening if you want to, if you want to think of it like that. And the reason why? Books give you access to the greatest minds in the world throughout history, right? And today in today's world we have access to so much information and so much knowledge is out there in fact you don't even necessarily have to get a book you can read so many things that are filled with great information on blogs and and websites you do have to be careful where you're getting your information from but that's true whether it's a book or a blog or a, an, an audio book but through those knowledge resources we have access to the greatest minds in the world today and in the past, right? And the wisdom that is available to us at little or no cost is absolutely incredible. Maybe you're not able to spend a whole lot of money on books or audiobooks. That's okay. Go get a library card. They're free. And you know, the awesome thing is, especially with um, if you're into e-re- e-readers, you can just sit at home and check out free digital eBooks, download them, read them and return them. You don't even have to spend any gas money to go to the library these days. You just um, stay home and access an incredible wealth of knowledge through the library. Your community library, super, super great uh, resource. The other place that I find is a great resource for an inexpensive investment into yourself, because that's really what we're talking about, right? When you're checking out a book or buying a book, it's an investment into yourself. It's an investment into your growth. And I think if you can form the habit, it's a keystone habit because it sets the foundation for all the other good emotional habits. And some of that will tie in um, when we talk next episode about the spiritual dimension, but because it's not just enough to read the information, you do have to act on it, right? You do have to do something with it. But the other great resource that I've found for this for an investment into yourself is uh, thrift stores or places like Goodwill. Um, you can even buy used books on Amazon. If you didn't know that, look for a couple of your books on your reading list, and most of them have a used option that's significantly cheaper. But Goodwill or thrift stores or something like that, you can usually pick up just a stack of paperback or hardback books for like a dollar a piece or something. I mean, just a fraction of what you would pay in a bookstore. Um, So I'm a big fan of finding books like that. And, you know, I I go through a lot of books. I always love to seek out lower or minimal cost um, investment options. And, you know, every book that you read, whether it's the biography of somebody, an inspiring story, you're, you're reading those books looking for just the nuggets, right? Mike and I talk about, and we use the analogy that it's like digging for gold, right? If you go out and you start digging for gold today, most of what you're going to find is dirt. That's okay. You're not looking for the dirt. You're looking for the golden nuggets. And knowledge is the same way. When you start reading or listening, um, you're looking for the golden nuggets. And I always consider, if, if I get just one great quote or nugget of insight of wisdom uh, from a book, I consider that as a great investment of my time. Now, even better if I can get multiple nuggets, right? Uh, But if, if only I get just one great nugget out of every book I read, I read 50 nonfiction books a year, that's 50 points or quotes or pieces of knowledge and wisdom that I didn't have last year that I'm going to have at the end of the year today. And I guarantee you, if you fill your head with 50 great positive things over the course of a year, you're going to think differently than you did last year. And that's why I think reading or listening is is the keystone habit for our mental dimension. Because if you can create that habit of intentionally filling your mind and your headspace with good positive things that you can learn from you almost cannot help but start to apply them to your life um, i'll give you an example i read a book um, i think it was dale carnegie's book how to win Fl- friends and influence people in the digital age and he ta- one of the quotes in there there were some good uh, nuggets of wisdom in there but um, one of the quotes that he talked about was, in any language, a person's name is the sweetest sound that they will ever hear, and that really made an, an impact on me. And thinking about throughout my interactions with people, both you know, on a on a personal level or a professional level, or just going throughout my day, if a person's name is the sweetest sound that they will ever hear, how does it affect my influence? If I Learn their name, and it really kind of highlighted for me that the importance of learning somebody's name and just forming that connection, and just saying, "Hey, I, I recognize you as a person, right? Not just a, a clerk at the grocery store checking out groceries. Hey, what's your name? You are a person, and I want to acknowledge that." And I guarantee you you can do this anywhere. I've I've probably touched on this before, but if you will learn somebody's name or just ask their name and use it um, throughout the course of your interaction, you can just watch that individual just light out most, most all of the time. If you have a server at your table at a restaurant, for example, and they walk up and and they're like, hey, welcome to so-and-so, what can I get you to drink? If you'll just say, hey, what's your name? You just watch and I guarantee you almost all of the time they'll smile right? Because it's just that little moment of connection that just says, hey, I'm not as worried about what you're going to go get me to drink my water, my water with lemon or whatever. But I just want to stop and say, hey, you're a person. And and what's your name? I care about that. I care about you. Guarantee you, um, Dale Carnegie's piece of wisdom there changes your interactions with people. It raises your influence with people. Now, I hear all kinds of people who tell me, so bad about names. Well, you know what? You can get better at it. You can get better at anything if you try. I mean, that's the thing about developing our skills. If we put effort into developing a skill, we will improve. Now, maybe you're not just a natural um, photographic memory that remembers everybody's name with that you come in contact with for the next 10 years. But like any skill, if you intentionally develop that skill, you can get better with it. I talk about um, in my book, Straight Talk, The Power of Effective Communication, I give some great um, insights and, and tips on how to get better at memorizing names because it's something I hear so often. And let me just tell you, I'm not great at remembering names if I don't put any effort into it. I'm much better at it now because I do know how important it is to make people, to recognize people um, know, have value as as a person, and a name is a great way to make that connection. So I've worked at it, and I'm not perfect by a long stretch, but I have intentionally worked uh, for years on learning people's names and using them. And so that's just one example, right? That's just one example of one quote out of one book that I've read over the years that has moved me forward and increased my influence. And I just told you, I read, read, my goal is 50 nonfiction books every year, which averages out to about one a week. Um, And I've hit that goal uh, every year that I've set it for myself for the past several years. And that's the reason, it it gives me something to work for it. it, Having that goal has really made me create reading as a keystone habit, right? I have a habit of reading, if you wanna call it like that. Now for me, I read something every day, but I don't necessarily sit down and read a whole book in one day. Um, But it averages out to about one book a week. Now, there are some weeks when I'm traveling and busy, and I might not do as much reading that week. But then the next week, we're home. I've got more time. I can spend a little more time, and I can catch back up. So that works for me. Max goal is a paragraph a day. And I love that because it's so, so simple. And I'm such a big fan of simple, uh, as we talked about in a couple of episodes ago, leverage the power of small, right? And Mac has learned to leverage that in such a powerful way by saying, I'm just going to read one paragraph a day, right? It could take you like 30 seconds to read one paragraph, right? Just one paragraph. And he always says, you know, he's like, I can read more if I want to, but but I am going to read just one paragraph, and a lot of times he does read more, but just keeping that commitment to yourself of one paragraph today. day, you can do that when you're traveling, you can do that when you're working, you can do that when you're in school, you absolutely can do that. And if that's all, all you can do and that's all you have time for, that's okay, but you're moving forward one paragraph at a time, that's better than sitting still, right? That's better than being stagnant. So think about that. If you just read one book a month, let's say that the average book has 300 pages. It's probably less than that. I really have no idea. But let's just say 300 pages is the average size for a book. Well, every month has about 30 days. So if you just read 10 pages a day, you would read one book a month, 12 books a year. Now, maybe you're busy and you don't have time to read 10 pages, or maybe you're like Mac, you want to set a smaller goal that you absolutely know you can uh, keep that commitment to yourself and you're trying to build this keystone habit into your life Then maybe it's five pages a day, well you'll still have six books read in a year. Um, Maybe it's one page a day, right, it doesn't matter how big or how small, I love to read and I just inhale books. So 50 books a year for me sounds like it is a very reasonable goal for me because I just really love it. Like I don't watch, I don't really watch TV. We watch movies sometimes, but I'm not a TV person. I'd much, much, much rather sit down with a book. And, you know, even if it is a fic, I do read some fiction. I once heard, um, Jimmy Collins. He is, um, just, if you know Jimmy Collins, Mac talks about him a good bit because we've been privileged to, to get to know him. He has a fabulous book called Creative Followership, and he really tells the story of his um, a little bit of his journey and some of his stories working under Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick Fil A, um, and it's it's a fabulous book if you haven't read it, um, and and really talking about um, you know being that follower under a leader in an organization and most people are familiar with Tru- Truett Cathy as the founder of chick-fil-A but not many people have heard of Jimmy Collins because he really was kind of in the shadows right he was running things and taking care of things but he wasn't the very public face of the company uh, that Truett Cathy was and that's okay but um, my point is that I heard him speak one time and he he used to have an incredible goal of a hundred book, books a year I don't know I haven't asked him recently if he still has that goal, but um, he once shared with, with us that he would read 100 books a year. And, uh, it, but not just fiction or nonfiction, it would be a mix. And I love that concept because, you know, one of the things he touched on, he said he really loves historical fiction. And he said, it doesn't have to be true to contain truth, And as I I reflected on that, that really is powerful because I know a lot of my learning about just people in general has come through some of the fictional books that I've read, right? So I really like that concept because yeah, we can absolutely learn things from fictional books as well. The right fictional uh, books, of course. And so, you know, it's a good, it's a good point. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a dry biography or, you know, just a, an accounting of world history for us to glean something from it. Um, I love biographies and stories because I usually get some really great quotes and some insights uh, from people who've overcome some adversity. So I love memoirs and, and biographies, autobiographies, uh, especially. So anyway, um, so just some insight, creating that keystone habit for yourself is whatever that looks like. A one audiobook a month. You know, a lot of people these days, you're driving in the car a lot. If you're driving in the car a lot, audiobooks are a fabulous way to make the most of your time in the car. Most of us have the radio on or something like that. If, if you're just going to be listening to noise, how about making it some really valuable noise so that you can gain something from your time in the car? Really awesome. And, you know, podcasts are a great way to learn too. Um, we've, I've talked about audiobooks and reading physical books or e-readers, but, but podcasts give you some wonderful insight too. But there again, just be selective of what you're listening to. Um, it's not about just putting noise in, right? But making sure you're, you're filling your brain with resources that will help move you forward, right? Selecting that book that you read is going to be important because you want to get a nugget out of it to make it worth it, unless you're just reading for the joy of it. But if you're reading to intentionally move yourself forward in life, then it's important to be a little selective about what you're reading. Um, you know, every year I do a podcast episode of the, the the best books that I read over the course of the year. So if you haven't been listening to my podcast very long, go back and find um, that episode. And, and it's... Um, It'll be, obviously, it'll be several months before I bring that episode back, but I'll share with you just a few, I always do it right toward the end of the year, so it's one of the last episodes in December every year, but I'll share with you just a couple of the books that I've enjoyed this year so far. Um, The Five Levels of Attachment by Don Miguel Ruiz. And how not to die by Michael Greger, um, which is a pretty good topic, right? I think if you're going to write a book, one with the title of how not to die is pretty catchy because it's something we're all interested in and knowing is how not to die. And the irony is that we all die at some point, but that book was specifically talking about foods that help us um, beat or overcome or prevent lifestyle diseases like cancer or something like that. So he really has some great research on specific foods that can help um, our health. So anyway, those are just a couple. I'm not going to share with you all of them that I've read this year, but those are just a couple that stick out as I look at the list of books that I've read already this year. And of course, in December, I'll be doing the podcast of the best books that I've read in 2021. So until next time.